98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, trials of a leading potential COVID-19 vaccine are paused after a participant falls ill. An infectious diseases expert says it would be better to relax social distancing measures once the government has finished its community testing programme. And Mailer Media says Australian intelligence agency staff searched the homes of Chinese journalists in June. Pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca says it has paused global trials, including large late-stage trials, of its experimental coronavirus vaccine because of an unexplained illness in a study participant. The vaccine, developed with the University of Oxford, is seen as one of the leading global candidates against COVID-19. Candice Wong reports. AstraZeneca said it had voluntarily paused trials to allow a review of safety data by an independent committee. The New York Times reported that a participant based in the UK was found to have transverse myelitis, an inflammation of the spinal cord. It is often sparked by viral infections. The patient is expected to recover and whether illness is directly linked to the vaccine remains unclear. In a statement, AstraZeneca said that in large trials, illnesses will happen by chance, but they must be independently reviewed to check this carefully. An infectious diseases expert says it would be better to relax social distancing measures once the government has finished its COVID-19 community testing programme. Dr Joseph Zung was commenting after the government announced an easing of measures from Friday, which include allowing a maximum of four people at public gatherings and to sit together in restaurants and the opening of some leisure venues. Swimming pools, saunas, karaoke's and bars remain closed. Dr Dung says Hong Kong is still finding coronavirus cases with no known source. It would be better for releasing or uplifting the social distancing after the citywide mass testing on the COVID-19 because by that time we have a more clear pictures on how good we are right now in terms of the number of cases of asylum asymptomatic COVID-19 cases in the community. The government's testing scheme finishes on Friday, but it has suggested it may extend it. And authorities say they've collected samples from more than 1.3 million people for COVID-19 tests under its community programme. Secretary for Health Sophia Chan told an RTHK programme that despite the easing of some social distancing measures from Friday, the mandatory order to wear face masks would stay for some time. She said although the virus situation is improving there were still silent transmissions in the community. Tourism professor says opening up travel bubbles with other countries won't happen quickly and it will be very difficult to arrange. The government has said it's in discussions with 11 countries on the topic, including Singapore, Japan, Thailand, Germany and France. Professor Brian King from the Polytechnic University School of Hotel and Tourism Management says travel bubbles in the Baltic region and the European Union have had mixed success. He told RTHK the government should focus more on Macau and the Greater Bay Area, as tourism will probably restart closer to home. The industry is on its knees at the moment. It's 99% down. We had 30 million outbound visitors from Hong Kong last year trips. So I guess there's a desire by the government to send some positive news about the future. But obviously it's going to be very hard to sort out all the bureaucratic and other political concerns for each of these countries. So it's a little bit of a wish list at this stage, I'd say. The Liberal Party says the business sector shouldn't expect too much from the upcoming policy address, saying it will be difficult for the government to spend more after rounds of COVID-19 relief measures. 
Lawmakers from the party met the chief executive, Carrie Lam, to discuss her policy blueprint to be delivered next month. Party chairman Tommy Cheung called on the government to pay two months of rent for businesses and give a six-month rates exemption without an upper limit. But the catering sector lawmaker says he has told his constituents to lower their expectations. The lower your expectation, the lower your disappointment. But I'm sure the government will have something to help these uh, businesses that are badly affected. The Liberal Party also called on the government to promote the Hong Kong brand. The party said this would help other countries regain confidence in Hong Kong as a financial centre and in the one country, two systems arrangement. Transport sector lawmaker Frankie Yick also heard that the government may move to help shipping firms after the US suspended bilateral agreements, a bilateral agreement allowing shipping companies to avoid double taxation. So I understand the government, after introducing the tax uh, reduction for the uh, maritime insurance and also the uh, ship uh, leasing arrangement, they may consider to go ahead with the uh, tax reduction for the maritime business uh, like people like uh, the ship owners, uh, ship uh, management companies, as well as those commodity traders, and trying to attract them to come to Hong Kong. Now, by doing so, that will, of course, counteract some of the impact by the unilateral cancellation of the DTA by the U.S. government. Lawyers representing some of the 12 Hong Kongers arrested by mainland authorities at sea say they will make another attempt to visit their clients in Shenzhen today after failing to gain access to them on Monday. So Ng reports. The 12 were intercepted and arrested by Guangdong Coast Guard last month while reportedly sailing to Taiwan to seek political asylum. A local deputy to the NPC, Ip Kwa Kim, said although mainland laws allow defendants access to lawyers, officials have to carefully validate their identities to prevent cases from being hyped. Mr. Ip added that the mainland will likely begin legal proceedings against the Hong Kongers within the next month or so, and he believes they'll only return to the SAR after after completing their trials and serving their sentences. Democratic Party lawmaker James Toh, meanwhile, called on the administration to request that the 12 people be sent back to Hong Kong. Police say they have smashed a triad-backed syndicate allegedly involved in at least 15 shop burglary and seven car theft cases across Hong Kong in the past 10 months. 15 people aged between 16 and 52 were arrested in connection with the cases. It's estimated that the goods stolen, including cash and computers, are worth about $1.8 million. Three of the suspects were arrested on Monday during an operation in Tin Wai. Xinhua News Agency says Australian intelligence staff searched the homes of Chinese journalists in June, questioning them for hours and removing their computers and mobile phones. The report said the Chinese journalists were told to be silent about the incident. Chinese embassy in Canberra told Reuters news agency that it had provided constant support to Chinese journalists in Australia and made informed informed Australian authorities to safeguard the rights and interests of Chinese citizens. The report came shortly after two Australian journalists returned home from the mainland after the pair were questioned by security agents. An Indian minister says five youths who went missing from an eastern border state have been found in China after the Indian military contacted its Chinese counterpart. Kiran Rijiju said they were working out how best to return the men to their homes in the state of Arunachal Pradesh, which is also claimed by China. 
Former British Prime Minister Theresa May has warned the government that Britain risks losing the trust of other countries if it fails to honour the withdrawal agreement with the European Union. The admission by a British minister that new legislation on Northern Ireland would break international law has sparked anger in London, where the government's top lawyer has resigned, and in the EU, where the President of the European Parliament has warned that any attempt to undermine the agreement would have serious consequences. Mrs May spoke in Parliament. The government is now changing the operation of that agreement. Given that, how can the government reassure future international partners that the UK can be trusted to abide by the legal obligations of the agreements it signs? British playwright and Oscar-winning screenwriter Ronald Harwood has died at the age of 85. Sir Ronald was regarded as one of Britain's great post-war dramatists, with notable works including The Dresser and Quartet. He won the Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar in 2003 for The Pianist. In a BBC interview, he explained how he'd first taken up writing. I was married. My wife was pregnant with our first child. I was out of work on the dole. And my father-in-law gave me a typewriter. And because I had nothing to do, I wrote a novel. I didn't even know you had to leave two spaces between the lines. I just It took me three weeks. The day I finished it was one of the most extraordinary in my life because I couldn't catch my breath. My wife was out shopping and I got up. We had a tiny flat in Barnes and I walked up and down the corridor trying to catch my breath and it was so exciting. And I thought, perhaps I'm on to something. Researchers in West Antarctica have discovered channels more than 800 metres deep at the front of its biggest glacier. They believe the channels provide a pathway for warm ocean water and could explain why the ice in the Thwaites Glacier is melting so rapidly. Kelly Hogan is a marine geophysicist with the British Antarctic Survey and stressed the importance of the research. They are changing really quickly as the climate warms and as they melt they are feeding more and more water to our global oceans which is increasing the rate of sea level rise. If Thwaites Glacier melted completely, it would jack up sea level by about 65 centimetres and that would have a huge effect on all of our coastal communities and cities around the world. Official figures show consumer inflation on the mainland eased slightly. The National Bureau of Statistics announced that the consumer price index rose by 2.4% year-on-year in August, down from the 2.7% increase the previous month. The producer price index, which reflects prices that factories charge wholesalers, fell the, for the seventh straight month by 2% year-on-year in August. The figures suggest industries continue to recover from the COVID-19 outbreak. The government of Zimbabwe has banned with immediate effect all mining in the Huangay National Park in the west of the country. Two Chinese companies were granted licenses to explore for coal inside Zimbabwe's biggest game reserve home to thousands of elephants, black rhinos, lions and other species. The conservationists argue any type of mining pose an acute risk of irreversible ecological degradation. Finance a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 24,399. That's 224 points down from the previous close. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.9 Japanese yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 4 cents. Sport now, and here's Atom Cheung. We start with football. Cristiano Ronaldo has scored his 100th international goal and is closing in on the world record. Details from the BBC's Andy Barwell. 
Cristiano Ronaldo has become the first European men's football player to pass 100 international goals. In fact, his tally is now 101, just eight short of the world record after he scored twice in Portugal's 2-0 victory away to Sweden in the UEFA Nations League. Portugal have two wins out of two in Group A3, along with France. They made it two wins out of two as they defeated Croatia 4-2. The number one ranked side in the world, Belgium, hammered Iceland 5-1. Michi Bashuai scored twice as Belgium lead Group A2. England couldn't make it two wins out of two, though, in that section as they were held to a goalless draw away in Denmark. Four players made their England debut in that goalless draw with Denmark. England manager Gareth Southgate says he's been experimenting with a new style of play. Given where we're at at the stage of the season and uh, the fact the first time we've tried it um, I was pleased that it gave us a real strong base to work from and we can learn um, more as we play it more regularly about some of the nuances of the system that can create uh, more problems for the opposition. Tennis now, the 2018 champion Naomi Osaka is through to the semifinals of the U.S. Open in New York after a straight sets win over the unseated Shelby Rogers. It finished 6-3, 6-4 for the Japanese star seeking a third Grand Slam title. Her next opponent is Jennifer Brady. The American defeated Yulia Putinseva 6-3, 6-2 to book a place in the U.S. Open semis for the first time. Brady says the occasion would have been more special if there were fans to watch it. If the crowd was there, I think it would have been awesome, you know, to uh, have that experience to, you know, even just experience the loud, you know, roar on ash uh, with 20,000 people. So I think, uh, you know, I'm, I definitely uh, would have enjoyed that. But, you know, the, the times that we're in, it, unfortunately, we can't have that. And I'm just I'm just happy to be out there competing. The men's fifth seed, Alexander Zverev, fought back from dropping the first set to beat Borja Koric in four. Zverev is into the U.S. Open last four for the first time. Basketball, the Miami Heat have reached the NBA's Eastern Conference final after they finished off the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic each scored 17 points in Miami's 103-94 win. In the West, the LA Lakers have taken a 2-1 series lead over the Houston Rockets. LeBron James had a game-high 36 points as the Lakers came through 112-102. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, top stories once again. Trials of a leading potential COVID-19 vaccine are paused after a participant falls ill. An infectious diseases expert says it would be better to relax social distancing measures once the government has finalised its community testing programme. And mainland media says Australian intelligence agency staff searched the homes of Chinese journalists in June. And that's news from RTHK. It's me.
And welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the ninth of September, is today's date. Thank you very much for tuning in today, and thank you to Phil Whelan for the morning brew this after this morning. And since it's Wednesday, we'll be welcoming back on the program Cruzan McCalligan, and she'll be in for this week's midweek audio column. And this week, we're going to turn on new senses to Braille on the show and learn more about this wonderful language for the blind. That'll be after the 2.30 news. And before all of that, we'll be uh, refilling our glasses uh, during challenging times. Uh, this year has been particularly challenging, 2020. And we'll be chatting with Sarah Calmetta, who's the coach and founder of Pivot Point, which is a platform that helps people to access a growth mindset. And of course, we will be, uh, well, we hope to be streaming this, uh, all these interviews uh, for you on the Facebook page as well. So feel free to join us there. This way you can hear and also watch our guests. Uh, the Facebook page to go to 